This time on episode 326 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going to be discussing Jessica Jones Season 2 Episode 9, a.k.a. Shark in the Bathtub, Monster in the Bed, and Season 2 Episode 10, a.k.a. Pork Chop. We'll also be discussing a brief weekly Marvel news. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Sunday, April 5th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Hey, Michelle, happy First Contact Day. Yes, indeed. Happy First Contact Day. Live long and prosper. Yeah. Talking about space. Okay, I heard about like the new Mars rover that's going. Yes. And did you read that thing about like the different wheels? Yeah. Why are the new wheels better? Do you know? So they've done a lot of research into them as these rovers get bigger and they have experience on Martian soil. So they've basically done a bunch of testing in environments that are closer mirrored to the Martian soil and the Martian environment. And this is the design that they've come up with. And these rovers, by the way, are not just the small toy cars. These rovers are as big as a truck now. Wow. I'm bringing that up because perhaps, you know, somebody's out there and they're noticing that we can actually put, you know, vehicles on another planet and they're going to stop on by. and We actually get our first contact first day contact? for real. I don't know. You know, we have a couple of markers that we can throw out there from science fiction. I mean, you have the 2001 Space Odyssey and they sent us a big monolith and then we deal with that, right? And then we've got the expanse, which sends a molecule to take over a part of humanity in order to then construct this gate to get people to the rest of the universe. Spoilers, by the way. And we've also got Star Trek, which basically says once you become warp capable, then we can go ahead and contact you and communicate with you as a society and welcome you into the universe. I don't know if putting a rover on Mars equals (laughs) intergalactic travel capability. Well, I'm just saying perhaps somebody is observing and they're noticing that we're putting all these vehicles on another planet. You don't know what somebody else's chart has. Like there's a little checklist. Land on their moon. Check. Land on another planet a couple of times. Check, check. You know, we don't know. Well, if that's a checkmark 
they would also be holding in reserve the fact that we've bombed Mars a couple of times. Yes, that's probably why they haven't contacted us yet, because always convert all those inches into centimeters. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about failures we've had with different landers to Mars that they haven't functioned correctly due to conversions or malfunctions or whatever, and they end up impacting the surface of Mars so fast and basically act like a missile or a bomb so that's why i say we bomb mars because we have we bomb mars not with explosives but with exploratory spacecraft hey we're not perfect i guess not you know who's not perfect as well who jessica jones oh no 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 so should we get on with the rest of the show so we can talk about jessica jones hey you brought up space stuff I did. I brought up First Contact, which for those that don't know what First Contact it is, Star Trek First Contact, when the Vulcans actually reached out to humanities after Cochrane, there's a whole movie made out of it, and it's just fun. So if you like Star Trek, go find out what First Contact Day is. It happened April 5th, 2063. Yeah, 2063. You heard me say that, right? 2063. So in 43 years, we couldn't be speaking with another species from another planet. I could reasonably be alive then. Isn't it? that? Yeah, that's great. Of course, originally when Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek, it was so far in the future that nobody really guessed that anybody would be alive. But now, yes, we could be alive then. Wow. All right. Cool. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, first contact out of the way and a bunch of other things that went with it, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series like the Netflix Jessica Jones, which we'll be discussing today, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of keeping everything in the cloud. If you'd like to talk to us about cloud computing, you can check us on our website, legendsofshield.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail about turning off your location, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you want to talk to us about perhaps putting harder passwords on your laptop, you can message us on Facebook at our page, Legends of Shield Podcast. You can talk to us about privacy issues on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can leave a comment about your friends stalking you in cyberspace on YouTube at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device that is not listening to you at all to enable Legends of Shield skill. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. Michelle, it is just you and I today. We have Agent Haley, who consistently still has some technical issues. We're hoping that she gets that resolved this week. And we also just need to note that Lauren tried to use Shane this week and just came away wanting from that experience. But she still has all her stuff. Yes, she was not robbed. She did not get cleaned out. It is simply a health issue. And she is just taking a sick day and she will be with us again, hopefully next week. So in the meantime, let's get on with talking about Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones season two premiered on Netflix March 8th, 2018. 
And Michelle, why don't you run down the creative team to AKA Shark in the Bathtub, Monster in the Bed. Sure, this episode was directed by Rosemary Rodriguez, who has 40 directing credits starting in 2001, including two episodes of Without a Trace, three Rescue Me, one White Collar, one Elementary, 18 episodes of The Good Wife, one of The Tick, two Jessica Jones, two Rise, three of The Walking Dead, and three episodes of Home Before Dark. This episode was written by Jenny Klein, who has eight writing credits starting in 2017, including six episodes of Supernatural, one Jessica Jones, two Cloak and Dagger, two Sacred Lives, and one of The Witcher. Jessica Jones, a.k.a. Porkchop, was directed by Nisa Hardiman, who has 22 directing credits starting in 1989, seven episodes of Totally Frank, two episodes of Casualty, Two episodes of Happy Valley, one episode of The Inhumans, and no, we're not going to blame Inhumans on any of the creative team behind it, and two episodes of Jessica Jones. This episode of Porkchop was also written by Ada Mashaka Kroll, who has four writing credits starting in 2008, 132 episodes of One Life to Live, two episodes of Turn, Washington Spies, two episodes of Jessica Jones, I think this is the second episode, and four episodes of of Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones is based on the Marvel comic by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos. Michelle, it's just you and me today. You want to take a spin at the theme behind the episode titled Shark in the Bathtub, Monster in the Bed? Well, in the episode, we had Price, who's the shark in the bathtub, being drugged and bound by duct tape and duct tape over the mouth and debating about what to do with him and what to do with mom. And then, a.k.a. pork chop, got to eat your protein. Was that what the protein was? It was pork yeah, chop? Yeah, it's a pork chop. Okay, I can yeah. see it, tell. It was one of those like weird, low-quality, cheap cafeteria ones. Yeah, we actually saw markings of it in college at one point, and the, it wasn't pork chop, it was actually steak, and the crates were stamped with grade D beef fit for dormitory and penitentiary use only. Wow. Yeah. So go figure. And what we normally called it was mystery meat because you never really knew what it really was or it got to you. I mean, you heard what they told you it was, but we, especially with pork chop, it really could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a pork chop to me. I'm putting quotes around pork chop. <laughs> Since the episode was titled pork chop, we'll go with that. Right. Okay. All right. So two episodes. I got to tell you, the first episode, Shark in the Bathtub, Monster in the Bed, I struggled getting through that just because I didn't think there was a lot of movement in it. It was very long and drawn out. Not a lot of happened into it. Was that just me or did you take that away from that episode as well? I did too. It's one of those, I guess it's supposed to be like a breather episode. Jessica is trying to figure everything out and sometimes you need a day to figure things out and that episode feels like a day it does feel like that whole like well, well what are you going to do jessica what's going to happen what are you going to do what are you going to do something's got to happen and then eventually it does i think the two episodes i'm glad we did both episodes together because if it was just shark in the bathtub monster in the bed which by the way really long title i'm having problems actually placing the title in the titles of all of our blocks everywhere just because it's so long but 
I'm glad we had both of these episodes because the first one really not allowed to happen. And I would have gotten frustrated for a week if we had just watched the one episode, but it's just working out for us. We're watching these two episodes at a time. And the second episode in this case redeemed everything for me, pork chop and a lot more happened. I mean, it was still not paced really fast, but you did have a lot of reveals during it and you got resolution on a couple of things. So I say resolution, but maybe it's just we find out and then resolution still needs to happen. Anyway, let's go back to the first episode, Shark in the Bathtub, Monster in the Bed. Let's talk about the shark. Price, I'm saying the dude is incompetent. After watching him from his standpoint, shooting into Jessica's apartment and how much he's missed, he only hit Jessica once. He didn't hit his main target at all and he didn't kill anything. I think for somebody that's special ops, private eye, that's supposed to be able to handle this sort of stuff, he really is incompetent. I know he's supposed to be frightened, but if you consciously go, I'm going to pick up a gun, I'm going to stake out Jessica's apartment because I want to kill the woman who killed my friend, going to make sure that I have my blank together before I go do this. Once he finds out that he's missed, all of a sudden, Jessica's mom, or as you correctly labeled, because he didn't know that she was Jessica's mom, once she had started getting out of the apartment and then going after him, he's like, oh, crap, I need to get out of here. And he's up, I don't know what, 20 stories or something like that. I have no idea how high he is. And he's got to run down all these stairs in order to get out. She's running up the stairs. I just think it was... Poorly executed because if he was indeed thinking this could be something that occurred in the future, you would have to plan a rather better escape route than going down these 20 flights of stairs. Man, those New York walk-ups will get you every time. True. I mean, we've seen places without elevators and sitcoms, stuff like that, but that really does happen in apartment buildings where a lot of people take the stairs versus not. And it just happens in bigger cities. Whereas us in the Midwest, we're like, what? The class is on the third floor of the building. I am taking the elevator. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just happens. I know. Right? It's just, I've, I've just so many people who've lived in New York, especially, well, really just like the main ones like Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, they talk about getting an apartment. And then one of the things that they want is an elevator because they just they're tired of those walk ups, especially during the summer. Pivot, pivot, pivot. It's a friend's reference, by the way, for those that don't get it. All right. So let's move on. I really wish Lauren was here because I wanted to talk about the bottom shelf booze use in medical procedures. Uh. Really? Booze used in any medical, there's so much sugar in most alcohol, almost all the alcohol that you can buy in a store, there is sugar in it and that will end up infecting you eventually, not the sugar itself, but the microbes that are around it. So you're not really cleaning the wound out. You're actually adding infection to it. And wouldn't the bullet be in her? I didn't see them remove the bullet. I didn't either, and I don't think it was a through and through because there was no blood on the front of her shirt, or at least I don't remember. Or did she just get it grazed across the shoulder blade and not 
it looked like it was in the middle of her shoulder, not at the side. Yeah, because it, it looks like the bullet entered, but not grazes it. So either the makeup was bad on where they wanted to portray the bullet actually grazing her, or it was bad in that they didn't portray the bullet actually coming out. Yeah. First off, I can't believe she doesn't have any sort of first aid kit, considering what she does. Even though she can heal really quickly, you can still get sick. Don't do that, okay? Everyone needs to realize that grabbing bourbon or whiskey and pouring it on a wound is going to be, no, that is so, so wrong. So wrong. If you needed to calm down your nerves, that's one thing. I mean, if you're somebody that's going into shock and this will prevent you from going into shock, I could kind of see that. Drinking booze while you're injured is not exactly the best thing because it brings down your immune system and, and everything. So literally, it's almost a last resort of trying to get somebody out of shock or to prevent shock. Aside from that, booze and medical procedures do not mix. No, don't do that. The more you know. So Trish finally comes clean to Jessica, kind of because Jessica just calls her out on it. She's like, look, I know you're on something. What are you on? And because Trish runs out, and we talked about this last episode, because Trish runs out, she's going clean. Not because she wanted to, but because she has no more. And then she finds out what's in it. And some of the stuff can melt internal organs. So we'll see what happens. Not only her, but Malcolm. I mean, they're both exposed. So we'll see what happens to both of them. I don't think that is over with, especially since they took a pains within the scene. I don't remember her dropping it off, by the way, but they took pains of having the lab that was analyzing it actually say, well, if you did, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Okay. If I was that lab technician, I would look Trish straight in the eyes and say, look, did you take any of this? Because if you did, we should probably get you some help. True. That's probably should have happened. Maybe she pulled an I'm a Trish Walker thing, which I think that's not going to be working much anymore. No, not after she quit. That was great. So she's on the radio. She's talking about one of her fluff pieces and she just rails i mean she's hyped up on the drug i really do believe she might have thought that she wanted to do this but it was the drug and the way the drug that was making her feel that instigated how she went about everything i don't know how she thought that was going to be sustainable i mean they call her for an interview and then she thought she was going to take a puff and everything was going to be okay well eventually those puffs are going to run out they did right then and there but Eventually, that whole thing was going to fall apart. Did she think that they would not notice? That's part of Trisha's cycle. She does the substance. People let her get away with it. Then people realize she's having too much of a trouble with it. She crashes, ends up in rehab. And I think that's sort of what happened here. Some people were just overlooking it. Jessica has been preoccupied. Let's put it that way. Jessica has been preoccupied. But she's known Trisha has been on something. They do have a talk later on, and, and it happens in the second episode, and Jessica just says, look, I'm not the best person for anybody that's an act to be around right now, as she's drinking a heck of a lot of bottom-shelf booze. Okay, I could see that, but Trish feels like 
everything at that point in time is being taken from her. I mean, everything, even Malkin pushes her away at that point. She is really down low. She can't extend a hand to her ex-fiance. I wanted, yeah, I, I wanted to say a fiance, but then she never really did say yes. So ex-fiance, she has a terrible relationship with her mother, Jessica, and Malcolm, her two closer friends, push her away because of their personal issues. Simpson is dead. She's really got nowhere to turn. She has a sponsor. Jessica says you should call your sponsor. And when you do have a sponsor, that is what you're supposed to do when you are in Trisha's boat. Jessica actually does the responsible thing and says, I'm not really the best person. Trish knows she has a sponsor. Trish knows that's what she should be doing. See, other than the drug, I think the main reason why Trish threw the fit in Trish Talks is the microphones were not set for any use whatsoever. They were up and high in a way. They were like four feet away. They were condenser microphones, which are not meant to be used as shotgun microphones. They're meant to be used close to the mouth, kind of like what we're talking here on our microphones. I think she just got pissed off at her producer and decided to leave at that point. Sure. We'll go with the microphone. (laughs) Yeah, that's I don't think Trish was pissed, but that was really a poor placement of microphones. I think they just did that for the shot because they didn't want the microphones in the way of the face. They were up and away from the faces. But no, if you're on a radio station, those microphones are close to you within a foot. And they were, like I said, three or four feet away. It was just bad, bad placement. And I think a lot of our listeners might know what we're talking about now because they've seen a lot of celebrities try to do similar sorts of things right now to less than stellar results. Exactly. In the first episode, we also, I think the most action that we got out of that was the potential kidnapping of Carlos's kid, Vito, by the mom. She was going to take Vito to Montreal with Captain America. Captain America, actually, this was the greatest cameo ever. Captain America was actually on the bus with Vito and his mom. Gotta love those action figures. Oh, it was just an action figure? Oh, I thought Chris was actually on there. Sorry. Man. All right. I thought this was for sure the crossover that we were all looking for. Nope. All right. We also find Jessica and her mom are having a lot more mother-daughter time, and they actually end up fighting. But the mother and daughter time includes saving Vito. It takes two of them to actually stop the bus. Not just one, but two of them. I think one of them could have actually lifted the bus up by themselves, but they just portrayed it that both were helping, I guess. You, you lift the back wheels up, and those are the drive wheels, and the bus isn't going to go anywhere. So that I don't think them trying to stop the bus was going to work, because they just couldn't put enough friction in their boots to the ground sort of thing. So they actually had to lift the drive wheels up, and it took two of them to do it. So they did that together. They also had a lot of mother-daughter talk, which included... Her mom throwing away her dad down the toilet? I mean... No, it was supposed to be... Those are supposed to be her ashes. Oh. I thought that... No, no. I I do like that moment when she tells Jessica, you have nothing to be guilty about. The accident wasn't your fault. Jessica has a severe case of survivor's guilt. And that's what it was. You know, her mom was like, oh, you kept me in this baggie. 
Okay. And she flushed herself down the toilet. Like that part of her, that part of her, this whole guilt thing, it's not on you. Her mom was literally flushing herself down the toilet. Yes. Okay. Kind of fitting then. And Jerry's continually trying to get rid of her ALS. She has hunted down Shane and did a lot of good things to get Shane out of jail. And then said, okay, well, it's time to pay the piper. And so Shane has to go with her. And Shane's only requirement at that time was to buy me some Chick-fil-A. So Jerry's life to her is worth Chick-fil-A. That's all it's worth to her is Chick-fil-A. Well, that's his initial payment. As we find out later. But Jerry doesn't know she's paying that. All she knows is she's paying Chick-fil-A. So what, 10 bucks? So her life is worth 10 bucks. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry and her control issues. That's when you have someone who thinks they can just get what they want all the time, but just having more information, a little bit more power, a little bit more money. Therefore, I have the control. That's where she's coming from. And a lot more happens in the second episode. But before we get to that, we do have a mommy daughter fight, literally fight. The mom actually starts beating on Jessica a little bit until she kind of realizes what she. So the actor that is portraying Jessica's mom, she has this like insane far away look when she starts going off the deep end. And it's like she's not recognizing anything. She's just trying to impulsively do what she thinks needs to be done and it's in anger and usually involves significant harm to other people around her which is why carl was trying to keep her under lock and key literally at night but she ends up hitting jessica i think that's the one reason why she doesn't lash out to all those cops that are pointing guns at her is because she realizes that she almost did irreparable harm to jessica during that hallway mommy daughter fight exactly and jessica did the right thing by finally calling the cops there was really only one way to deal with her mom i wish she would have done it outside of being right next to the door that her mom was eavesdropping next to i wish she would have tried to muffle it somehow or or something but i don't know what kind of superhuman sound hearing that they have either i don't know either so maybe it really just didn't make any difference at all so that's the end of the first episode we get into the second episode and you have jessica's mom as prisoner 46592 i thought that was interesting to keep tabs on that as the episode went on and i didn't realize what that number was going to signify at the end at the end it signifies that the Head guard Dale Holiday actually took trophies of the prisoner numbers as things went on. So I was paying attention to the prisoner number from the first point that it came out, and I didn't realize that it was going to mean what it meant at the end of the episode. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that was that was disturbing. I liked how Jessica found out. Again, we got to see Jessica be the private detective, do the phone call. Yeah, I'm giving him this Lifetime Achievement Award. Wait, he's a jerk? Tell me all about it. Of course, she didn't really do very well with the information because she breaks into the guy's house with no gloves, not realizing that perhaps he could have a security system. 
So sometimes Jessica doesn't do the PI thing very well. No, unfortunately, I was looking at that. It was Carol. It was amateur hour. You know, as professional as she claims to be, she can get really careless and be really amateur about certain things. And at the end, she ends up actually murdering Dale Holiday. That's how the episode ends. She murders or she's killed Dale Holiday. I can't really say murder, but she killed Dale Holiday because she was just trying to uh, defend herself. But that's not. We talked about her luck a few episodes ago, or maybe that was just last episode. We, t- we talked about her luck, and her luck is terrible. So, of course, she's going to get blamed about killing this guy. Well, she broke into the guy's house, and he does have a... He should not have beat her as much as he did. He could have, you know, he maced her, could have caught the cops, could have had her arrested. So, he knew he had himself in a powerful position. And he kept saying, as he beat her, self-defense, self-defense, technically, it wasn't because she hadn't attacked him yet. No, and the evidence of the other prisoner numbers are there, too. I don't know if they could consider that planted evidence because of her breaking and entering. I I don't know. But this is going to be something that she just can't wipe away like she did with Price. It's like, okay, Price, attempted murder versus kidnapping. I think we can call everything even. That's not the case here. I know. She would not have killed him. I don't want to victim blame, but I, I'm looking at the series of events in the episode. She couldn't see because he maced her. That's why she couldn't really aim. I don't think she was aiming that way. I think being maced made her target. She was just wailing to anything that she could actually hit and strike. So I don't think it was, it wasn't premeditated. She wasn't trying to go for the head. It's just what she struck. Yep. Along the way, she does find out through meeting with Carl that Shane is a fraud, that Shane wasn't part of the program. And she's like, okay, well, I'll deal with this later, which is why she doesn't call Jerry about it right away. She's got other things to deal with, but it turns out that Shane and Inez are actually really good con artists. For those of you who. It's easy to sit back, go, Jerry should have known. Sometimes you don't see it happen. I'm going to have to say I had a couple of people who I thought were friends end up taking advantage of me. And let's just say I lent money that I never saw again. It can happen to the best of people. She should have actually believed Jessica. Jessica tried to warn her, but Jerry is so wanting to be cured that she just blinded herself to everything else and she also thought that she had seduced Inez or at least she could start a relationship with Inez I don't know if seduced would be the right word I mean it might it's Jerry she's very manipulative but it did seem like she thought a new lease on life and Inez very beautiful younger woman I think that fits into Jerry's persona of who she would want to be with would she eventually throw her away probably i don't think it's a long-term relationship where she gets married i don't think jerry's ever going to get married again no matter how long she lives but yeah i could see it both ways there and also when jessica finds out through her talk with carl she decides to in this whole grand scheme of things to try to get her mom taken care of so she's not sent to the raft so she can live a 
semi-normal prisoner life that they were going to give up Carl, but then she was going to send, after the deal was made, she was going to send Carl to a country without any extradition. So he needs passports and stuff like that. And of course, Jessica was going to have Oscar go ahead and make the passports, but she needs to have a picture taken. So she puts Carl up against the white door and tries to take some passport photos there. Okay. What is wrong with that? First of all, it's not a complete white back screen. Second of all, I mean, there's other artifacts in the door. The door is not just straight white. There's actually molding and stuff on it. There's poor lighting. So you have a different shade of white throughout the back because it's shaded sort of thing. I don't think it would work for a passport photo. I guess a lot of Photoshop is involved. I, I don't know, but that was just a very bad picture taken. And then to get with our comment that Michelle made at the beginning, she had her location data on her phone. Who still has location data on their phone? I don't get, especially a private investigator. Why would you want fake location data on your phone? Again, Jessica, not completely doing the whole PI thing, right? Apparently not. And I don't think Malcolm's going to tell her because he's going to want to keep that information for himself that he can find her wherever he wants to. Jessica just doesn't know anything about passport photos or location data. Technically failing. If you think about it, Trish and Malcolm out PI'd Jessica. Trish went back to Malcolm. Malcolm, it's one of those I can't quit you yet. And Trish is just like, hey, we need to find, we can't give this up. We need to get Carl. And they actually do a stakeout. And then Trish betrays Malcolm and hits him in the head and shoves him into a trunk. That's true love right there. (laughs) Let's knock you out and lock you in the trunk. Yeah, that's... They never show what Trish does next either. They, They don't show Trish actually meeting with Carl. That's in the future episodes. Right. I'm just saying that the last thing you see of them is he's in the trunk, which most common modern trunks have some sort of kidnap lever that you can find to get you out of the trunk so unless trish has disabled that which she might have but i think he's safe i think he's going to get out of there yeah keep in mind this debate now jerry says that carl's work should be funded everyone should have a chance to be healed and Alyssa. Is the same way. IGH is good. IGH saved my life. IGH saved your life, Jessica. And Jessica tells Carl, if you ever science again, I'm going to rip off your arms. Yeah, you got two different things going on. I did think in my head how many episodes that we have left after this, which I think is three. And so we're nowhere near the actual end. There's two more setup episodes before the final. So there's a lot that still can happen. I think Jerry's got to come to some sort of conclusion with what happened with Shane and Inez. You've got Alyssa, which is Jessica's mom. You have Alyssa in captivity right now. You have Carl on the run, at least for now. Trish is going to meet him. And and then the competing things about IGH, about the good it could do versus the not good it could do. I think some opinions will change because Like Jerry's opinion might change because of the whole fraud of Shane, but I don't know. We'll see. There's going to be 
internal fights because that's all the characters we have. The Malcolm, the Trish, the Jessica. You have Oscar. Who actually comforts Jessica. That was sweet. I mean, their relationship is definitely interesting. They start talking about the future. I don't think that they necessarily have a future, but they could. She's very honest with him. She is a lot. Oh, yeah. Totally a lot, especially for a guy that's fighting for custody of his kid. The crap, the legal crap and the physical danger that follows her around versus an ex-con and his kid. I say ex-con, he's actually still doing felonious activity. It's just he hasn't been caught for it yet. I, I don't think they have a chance at making it, basically. If this was a Hallmark holiday movie, they wouldn't end up together at the end. I got you there, didn't I? Yes. Well, in your Hallmark movie world, does Trish and a shirtless Malcolm get together? I don't know. I was going to ask you ladies about that. You got your gratuitous shirtless scene from Malcolm. This might be the first gratuitous shirtless scene that we've had with Malcolm in the entire series. No, we had one before. Oh, yeah? We talked about it when they had when they were getting it on the first time. Oh, okay. Well, this was just him working out. I know. It had no no adult themed activities going on until Trish knocked on the door. Was a little disappointed there wasn't a salmon ladder. Very difficult to put one of those in a New York apartment though. Yeah, because it's like two stories tall. Well, he could have a short one. Could only be like five rungs or something. No guy wants to be turned with having a short one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you got the gratuitous Malcolm shirtless scene again. The second one. Yeah. You had his home gym, which a home gym in this day and age is a bar in the living room. There was barely enough space for him to actually move the bar. Uh, Yeah. Trish comes in and then they have some adult sexy time which leads to their strange night at the love motel later on which i believe that's what it's actually called the love motel right yeah something like that love in paradise well the paradise room i don't yeah yeah oh love by the sea love by the sea yeah it's kind of like the enchantment under the sea dance yeah trish has a whole workout room in her apartment (laughs) well that isn't that her safe room i think so yeah yeah which I don't know if she'll be able to afford that anymore or not because she quit her job and she bailed at her interview. I don't know if she's living off of residuals or what. I know. So we'll see. You've got three episodes left in the season. You have anything else you want to talk about these two episodes? It would have been interesting to know when Inez called Shane and where she called him from because that's the only way they could have coordinated this is she had to have known him and, and they would have talked regularly when he was in jail. Well, she's been living on the street for a good, what, 10 years, 12 years, something like that. So I have to believe that they met on the street at some point in time. And I don't know if they had a relationship or if they were just mutual cons sort of thing. I It's hard to tell either way, but I just suspected that she knew him from the past could go either way. Either they have a relationship or They're just cons that are working together as a team. And once he found out that she was involved, that he would gravitate towards her in order to pull off whatever con that they were trying to pull off. Either way. Yeah, she had to have called him, done a prison call, 
asked him if he would be willing to do this, feed him the information about IGH and pretend to be a healer and all that type of stuff. I don't know. See, see, that's the thing. I don't know if a call was necessary. If he would have known her history and the fact that she was working for IGH when she got hurt, then but they- he had to know what Jerry wanted. Okay. That's the kicker. He was able to fake the whole healing thing. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So she would have had to have gotten to him before Jerry did. Yeah. Anyway, but no, we got a good setup for the last three episodes. Okay. Looking forward to it. These weren't my favorite episodes of the series by far. I mean, we talked about the bad things about the first one. The second one wasn't the best episode to me. There just there's better episodes. So I'm looking forward to the next three. I know that these Netflix series usually end up in the last episode being really momentous. So I'm looking forward to that one. In another week, we're going to be talking about Jessica Jones season two, episode 11 and 12, AKA three lives and counting and AKA pray for my Patsy. It will be our penultimate episode of Jessica Jones season two going into the finale episode in two weeks. We do have a bit of news because of the ongoing health issue. Many productions have been stopped. Theaters are empty. This is pushing back release dates of many things. And the Marvel MCU has changed. We have a new released slate for the MCU. And it is as follows. Black Widow has been pushed back to November 6th, which has pushed back the Eternals to February 12th. 2021 shang chi and the legend of 10 rings may 7th 2021 dr strange and the multiverse of madness november 5th 2021 thor love and thunder february 18th 2022 black panther 2 may 6th 2022 and captain marvel 2 july 8th 2022 i think this will be the first year the first calendar year in almost eight nine years that we only have one MCU movie in that calendar year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so the last one was last fall, and then we didn't get one earlier in the spring. We didn't get one in the February time frame that Black Widow was supposed to be the first one in May, and The Eternals in November, and now we're just getting Black Widow in November, at least that's the plan right now. So in 2020... It is only Black Widow, November 6, 2020. There is no other MCU release in 2020. First time since, I don't know if it's Iron Man or if it, it's the Hulk or one of those early movies would have been the first movie or the last movie that was only one MCU movie in the entire year. Yeah, probably the early Iron Man movies. Probably yeah. weren't since then. And there's no news about New Mutants. That poor movie. <laughs> That's right. That, that was the movie. other movie. It wasn't supposed to be part of the MCU, but it was going to be another Marvel movie. It was the one that we were like, okay, we're going to believe it when we see it when it comes out. I think this is their great opportunity to do a direct release to home release on the New Mutants and just get it over with and not have the box office flop with that movie because otherwise it will be considered a Marvel failure because it is under Disney now. A lot of studios are starting to 
release movies earlier, starting to have theatrical releases available to rent or buy now. I think that's the way to go. I think a lot of people, they're home, they want to watch movies. This would be a good way to do it. People, we're not talking about that movie anymore. A lot of people are forgetting about it. And apparently Artemis Fowl is being released digitally now, I think. Is it that one? I don't remember which one it is. I do know that some of these movie theaters have started streaming services of their own. So they do have a exclusivity to the release for the first whatever it is for the movie. Usually it's 90 days for a major release. So if those streaming services can take the movie for the first 90 days and those proceeds actually go towards the movie theater, actually that would be some income for the movie theater chains to get before you're able to actually watch it at home. And I think most of them are like 1999, like Universal Studios. I think it was 1999 to rent for, I want to say 48 hours. It might've just been 24 hours. That's a lot of money if you're just watching it at home alone. But if you can watch it with your family, so say two or three people, that ticket price starts to equal out. And it's almost like you're going to the theater anyway, but you're just watching it from at home. And I don't know if this will be something that these movie theaters then start depending on more and more on these home releases like after this is all over are they still going to do it are they going to do a a dual track home release and in movie theater release and then call those to i don't know what they're going to do this will be interesting yeah uh i know amc does because i'm a stubs member and they have their own like way to watch it and they're encouraging people to do it because it's like when you rent through them it actually will count as points on your card so that way you can get like discounts eventually but i have so much stuff to watch already (laughs) i know like we were talking before we went live that onward came on disney plus on friday night i actually watched it with the family friday night because it was like none of us had seen it in the theater and we're like okay this is kind of like going to the theater let's let's just watch it on disney plus so i think you're going to see more and more of that i know we've watched along the way some new releases that have come out on blu-ray on, on the weekends but yeah i've got all of clone wars to watch i've been watching star trek because patrick stewart gave us a free month of tbs all access and i've got a whole host of lists of lots and lots of shows that i want to see like lost in space like stranger things like altered carbon the list goes on and on. I've got about 25 good streaming shows that I want to watch that I haven't been able to watch yet. So I'm good on content. Does it have to be movies? If it's a good movie, like if if they did Wonder Woman direct to home, I would watch that, right? Black oh, Widow, yeah. I would watch at home. So if they wanted to do that, but I think those types of movies, they still want to release that in the theater because they want the big box office number associated with it. Yeah, and I do like going out to the movie. And one of the reasons why I just keep talking about stuff today is because I haven't really been able to talk to a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're we're all stuck at home, really. So all these group calls that you're able to do, we do it here on the podcast. I know a lot of people are doing stuff like Zoom, if you can get beyond the security incidents of it, or, you know, group calls like Duo or Hangouts or facetimes with multiple people i know a lot of people are doing that i I know a lot of people that have their birthdays in the past couple weeks and how they've been celebrating with friends they get on a group call i know a buddy of mine from work he has a whole different a bunch of buddies that he has that he goes drinking with and unfortunately 
they haven't been able to get together. So they all got their favorite bourbons out and they had a group call and they sip bourbon for an hour or two while they talk to each other. This sort of thing. Yeah, it's great. If you go towards streaming, great. I'm streaming, but I'm streaming by myself. And a lot of people need to have that human interaction. So going out to the theaters is part of the experience. So I don't know if theaters financially can survive as we go towards these elaborate homes theater systems. I mean, even if you have a 40 inch 4K TV with a decent sound bar, can you really compete with that by going out? It's the going out experience that you're competing with. You know, you you're watching it stuck at home or you're going out. I mean, if you're an old married guy like me, you hang out with your wife and you don't really matter where you go. But if you're a single person, you might need to go out to have that interaction. And sometimes it's just nice to have it huge. There are some movies that you want that extra spectacle. Yeah. Because even a 72-inch TV doesn't compare with that really large screen. I was thinking it would be nice to see Cosmos on the big screen. That would be interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the theaters once they start to open in two or three months. Whenever. I have, I have yeah. no knowledge of when. Yeah. And I have not heard anything about S.H.I.E.L.D. There's just a bunch of rumors. No official. What's weird is that there were articles about when certain shows are just ending their season. Some of them are going to have their season finales, like maybe in the summer or something. Supernatural is one of them. The Walking Dead is another one that's postponed them. So I figured, well, the shield is already in the can. I figured they would do it as like a spring release, like move it up. Nothing. I haven't heard nothing. Yeah, at least the release date would be out by now. Maybe they're waiting to see if they can film those season finales on ABC and then film time slots and then throw shield on afterwards versus throw shield on now. And then you have to cut into it in order to get those finales out for the various shows. I have no idea, but if I was them and I was running out of content, I would release shield because like you said, it is done. It has been done for a year. There is nothing that is keeping Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from airing other than ABC keeping it to themselves or Disney keeping it to themselves for now. Yeah. My mom watch is Young and the Restless and they've caught up. So they've started uh, showing like pivotal older episodes. Like they showed um, the first marriage of Vicky and Victor Newman. And I say first of many. Right. Uh, So people, you know, there's ways to continue putting stuff out, even though production is down, so that way you can still generate revenue and pay your people. Well, we'll see how this all pans out. I'm excited to see the tail end of this, you know, the opposite end, the exit of this, because right now it's like living in a nightmare and it'd be nice to see life back to normal. Well, that's it for the news this week. I think it's time for us to figure out how to take correct passport photos and get on out of here. Thank you, listener, for sticking with us as we get our way through Jessica Jones on our way to hopefully get to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
the bonus part about where we are is that we'll just roll into the next Netflix series and keep that going until we actually do get the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So thank you very much for sticking with us in the meantime. Yes, thank you very much. I hope we are bringing some joy to your day. Thank you for listening, especially to this episode where I rambled and went on tangents galore. So thank you very much. Well, until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hopefully we'll have Haley and Lauren with us next week. Hopefully. I miss them. I do too. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Did you get to do anything fun this weekend? Did you play anything online or watch any movies or anything? I watched, so yesterday I just did some light, like, stuff because, yeah, but today I've been watching an anime. Oh, good. You like yeah. anime. Yeah. Yes. So I was doing laundry and washing stuff. That was nice. Just doing laundry, doing a bunch of laundry. <laughs> good. Yeah. And we have a bunch of laundry here, too. I watched Onward Friday night with the family. It was it's just supposed to be a date night with my wife and my daughter who lives here. And then it turned out into whole family is going to come. I mean, we're all commingling anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was decent. Wasn't like the best Disney movie I've ever seen, but, you know, it got the, the feels going towards the end. So it was, it was all good. Did you get to do anything fun this weekend? Did you play anything online or watch any movies or anything? I watched, so yesterday I just did some light, like, stuff because, yeah, but today I've been watching an anime. Oh, good. You like yeah. anime. Yeah. Yes. So I was doing laundry and washing stuff. That was nice. Just doing laundry, doing a bunch of laundry. <laughs> good. Yeah. And we have a bunch of laundry here, too. I watched Onward Friday night with the family. It was... It's just supposed to be a date night with my wife and my daughter who lives here. And then it turned out into whole family is going to come. I mean, we're all commingling anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was decent. Wasn't like the best Disney movie I've ever seen, but, you know, got the the feels going towards the end. So it it was all good. Oh, and I watched Clone Wars. Clone Wars is good. All of it? Well, yeah, I'm current. Mm hmm. Okay. I've been waiting like every two weeks so that way I can watch like an hour of it. I've been wanting to watch The Clone Wars and I would be doing that right now had it not been for the free month of CBS All Access. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, Picard, that got me into actually activating a, a, a trial of it and I can't imagine a better time than now. So 
I did that. Otherwise, I would be watching the Clone Wars right now. That is the next on my list of things to watch. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. I mean, episode five of the entire series of I've got a few months to get through that stuff. Yeah, it took me a while. Took me a while. Did you start from episode one when it went on to Disney Plus or had you already watched Netflix when it was on Netflix? Okay, used to be on Netflix. Okay. You want to talk to us about perhaps putting harder passwords on your laptop? You can message us on Facebook at our page, Legends of Shield Podcast. You can talk about privacy issues on Facebook on Legends of Shield Podcast. Oh, no, that's oh, gosh, I'm sorry. You can talk to us about privacy issues on Twitter at Legends of Shield. I can read. I can. <laughs> Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.